Welcome to all our listeners. This is Paul Masmujan with Stigmatic. Stigmatic is a platform where we discuss all things mental health, but especially substance abuse and alcoholism. The people I host on this podcast are generally in recovery themselves or work in some capacity in the recovery industry. Today, our special guest is Nicole. Nicole is the founder of The Holistic Hustle, and she coaches clients on a daily basis to find balance in their own recovery. Nicole, thank you so much for coming. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Nice. Thank you so much again for being here. So I was thinking, you know, you kind of tell us about your own experience with recovery and things like that. I was actually listening to you this week and you said something that I really liked where you were basically sharing with your followers that um, your career was doing well uh, when you were at your worst and when you decided, you know, to change your habits with with alcohol and, and stuff like that. And I thought that was very interesting because people often think that you have to really, you know, be basically unemployed, homeless, like, you know, burn all the bridges in your life in order to um, seek help and, and make some change. So I thought that would be a, a nice angle for you to share like that kind of that part of your story and, and also tell us, you know, do today and how you help others. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I also had the preconceived notion that <laughs> you had to have nothing to seek help, right? So yeah. I, uh, I've always been able to control things. I'm, I'm very controlled, right? So like, as long as I was taught from an early age that as long as the outside looked good, it didn't matter what was going on in the inside. So from when I was really young, I was taught to hold it all together to look like this picture perfect situation. And then it didn't matter about the rest. So I think Mm -hmm. because of the way I was raised and because I was able to control the outside aspects, I never really understood that it didn't matter what was happening on the outside and that the fact that it looked good, it still meant that I needed help. But I didn't know that because I wasn't losing control in the way that I was letting all of those things go. So I, I tried really hard for a long time to hold it together. And I worked hard, I partied hard. That was my mentality. I was burning mm-hmm. the candle at both ends. And about I'd say like five years ago, I started to get really sick, physically sick. Um, I was getting infection after infection and I was crying all the time and just like emotionally hitting a bottom also physically, but I still didn't really understand that I had any sort of problem. And through my journey, I started kind of navigating towards meditation because I knew that I had an issue with my patience 
and then issue with like my mentality and my thinking and my thinking was very negative. Um, I always felt alone. I couldn't understand why things were so hard for me, but so easy for a lot of my other friends. And as I started to go through this journey of kind of self-help and opening myself up to more holistic things, I still didn't feel good. It got me only so far. And I was still for a a two-year period, I was like, you know, now I have this awareness that I'm still not feeling good. And I realized that I don't like that I'm drinking still, right? And I can't Mm -hmm. stop. I can't stop. I can't even, I can't even fathom my life without it. And I heard for two years, like the small little voice that you hear inside of you saying like, you should be sober. That is like the answer. (laughs) And I just laughed Mm -hmm. it off. And I was like, no way. Like, I can't do this. (laughs) And then I, I, I came to my breaking point. And it was all my friends around me were getting married. I had just been traveling in Italy with my family. I was basically on a two week vacation bender because I'd allow myself that, right? (laughs) Like if I didn't have work, Mm -hmm. like I'd allow myself to like lose control and do that. And I came back and I was like, so emotionally exhausted. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I asked for a sign. I was like, show me a sign, show me what I should do. Give me some clarity. I don't know what to do. And I ran into a friend that I used to party with and I knew that she was sober and I asked her how. And that's kind of how I ended up here in recovery. Mm-hmm. Very much for that. Because you know what you said about the outside and the end and after, I totally relate. And I know that a lot of people out there relate as well. It's kind of like, you know, if your career is doing well and, you know, all the outside is doing well, um, even though the inside doesn't feel good, like the 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 out of control, like substance abuse or, you know, alcoholism is like the last, like the last call because there is the stigma around it. Like once, you know, once you do surrender and like, see that you know what the only issue is the way I drink like I just need to cut that out and then it's so it's so difficult to accept that because you know then you're kind of like labeled even though like I'm very comfortable with that label I don't know how comfortable you are but it it is such a stigma like you know to basically oh you don't drink and then you're basically going to deal with you know having to explain or not depending what you choose, like why you don't drink anymore, et cetera. And yeah, it's it, it's just the, when everything on the outside is going well, it's even harder to admit. Because as you said, like then you even change, you know, did some meditation, did some stuff like that, but you were still, there was still something wrong on the, you know, even though the outside was okay, the inside, like there was something deep that just wasn't making you happy and, and it doesn't work. And it was very similar to me, like my, my worst bottom was actually in in Asia and it was where like I 
achieved the most in terms of like quote unquote business. You know, I started a company that was very profitable and and all of that, but mentally and physically, was interesting. That um, so that's what kept me going, and and I didn't continue chasing. So that yeah, it's definitely very very like powerful, and it's a lot about the stigma you know there's probably a lot of people out there right now that are that can't figure out why they're so unhappy you know but you know that whole work hard play hard mentality um doesn't work for everyone um unfortunately so i think that 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 message yeah is is very powerful sure i mean i don't I, I guess like i also grew up in a house where my father was in recovery my entire okay. life and i but he was into some harder things he had more consequences than i did so i was like as long as i don't have yeah. those consequences i don't have a problem but i kind of grew up in this household where i was aware of it and i also you know mm -hmm. i loved my father he was a good man like i didn't the stigma for me, but still, because I didn't have those outside consequences that a lot of people had, I didn't realize that there was a problem. I am very comfortable talking about this because I think it's the best thing mm -hmm. that could have possibly ever happened to me. I mean, walking into the rooms and understanding that I was no longer alone, that the thinking and yeah. Um, the kind of obsessive thought patterns that I had and stuff like that, like knowing that there were other people out there who thought like me was a relief. So mm -hmm. yep. it's, it's just, it's, I still meet resistance though with some of my friends, right? They're like, no, like you can't be, there's no way. And I think it comes from yeah. the fact that like, we all kind of partied together in a similar sort of way. But the difference was that I was like dying on the inside with all the guilt and the shame and, you know, the regret, whereas they didn't think twice about it, you know? So it's really harder mm -hmm. for them to understand because they're not living inside my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, probably, obviously, we can't speak for other people, but a lot of them wouldn't have that same relationship. You know, like you were saying earlier, where like you want to stop, but you just can't even think about your life without it, and you couldn't stop. You know, mm -hmm. I guess don't have that obsession and that relationship with it. Like they, if they kind of go too far, like you know, I remember I had friends where like they would go real hard, you know, with me, and then when Sunday came, like they just had a green tea and, um, you know, played a few video games and kind of sat like, you know, a little bit hungover and, and that's it. And just kind of reset and like eat healthy and go to bed early. And then the next day go to work. Whereas like I was, I needed more, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting to see how like the brain, you know, obviously that like, there's a lot of abusers out there that are not necessarily, you know, addicts or alcoholics, and it's it's interesting to to spot the difference and to spot it for yourself. You know, I, I think it's to be in recovery, you really have to zoom out and like be very self aware of like how it makes you feel versus 
quote unquote normal people. Sure. And I think the self-awareness is a, a really hard part for people to understand, you know, like since I came through the back door of meditation and yoga, I already had a ton of self-awareness, but I was out there for 22 years, mm -hmm. you know, like I started when I was 13 yeah. years old and it took all of that time <laughs> to come in and realize that I had a problem. Like, should I, had I come in earlier, I don't think that I would have stayed because there are so many things mm -hmm. that still haven't happened yet. Right. But like, I know, yeah. and I can play that forward and understand that this is progressive, that like, just because it hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean that in, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is that I wouldn't be there with no job, no family, no friends. It yeah. just means that yeah. that is not, you know, the reality in which I stepped in, but I don't need to wait for those things to happen to understand now that this is the best thing for me. Yeah. And it comes back to like the, the famous saying of COVID, which is one of the, for me at least, one of the most useful like coping mechanism when I like do feel a certain way about things is, you know, if I were to go back and again or do some drugs again or whatever, I like I know where it will take me eventually and it might take a week, it might take a year, it might take ten years or even mm -hmm. more, you know. Um, but playing the tape forward and seeing and yeah, you know, there's I, I heard once, um actually one of my old bosses um would always say that. He's he says, you know, um you hit rock bottom once you stop digging. Because mm -hmm. basically you can it's unlimited. You can dig and you can dig as deep like there's no there's no bottom like the bottom is whatever you know you can keep digging 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 um and and more consequences are going to come but basically anyone's rock bottom is once they stop digging and kind of look up shift things around sure i mean i dug for a long time i've i've hit yeah. the lowest lows <laughs> And yeah. then I like come back up or I date someone, they become my higher power and I'm like, I'm good, I'm cured. And then like, I'd stop dating them and I'd hit another bottom that wasn't as yeah. bad, but like emotionally it was terrible. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, you can dig forever. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, um, now you're so you're a coach you work with with people and and um you're a strong believer that it's all connected like the mind the body the soul and all of that so do you want to kind of tell us you know what you like what your approach to, to this is and like you know what's your typical i know there's probably no typical client but like you know the people you work with and 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 what value do you add you know to, to them and and kind of like yeah just explain all of sure. that i think that so what I've learned over the past 10 years as I was like studying meditation and yoga and um, is that a lot of our, a lot of our trauma, our emotions, it lives in our body. So 
until we're able to make the connection and drop in and and be mindful and really sit with ourselves and listen to our breath and connect with that life force, we are very scattered. So it's coming internally where we're able to kind of ground and drop out of our head because if you're like me, you have a ton of thoughts and it doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. you don't have an absence of thoughts. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts that you have per day, but with the meditation and the mindful breathing, you're able to have space between those thoughts and you're able to sit back behind them and be the observer. So if a a negative thought comes into your head, like I'm not good enough, I'm such a failure, I I can't do this, and you start to um, play on that loop of negativity, you can catch yourself and be like, well, is this true? And then from there, mm-hmm. you reach a better feeling thought and bring into your awareness things that make you feel better. So it's it's being able to catch yourself when you're on that neg- negative loop and choose a different direction because your thoughts, they create feelings. And when you activate your feelings, they become beliefs. And then you start to attract things into your life based on those beliefs. So if you believe Mm -hmm. that all people are bad or bad things always happen to me, um, or I'm not good with money, or uh, I always eat like shit, like this is, this is the, the types of behaviors that you are going to kind of um, gravitate to. So Mm -hmm. it's really making sure that like the three pillars of mind, body, soul are connected. And it's really that mind, body portion that you're able to access your soul, which is that you are perfect the way you are. And you can achieve Mm -hmm. anything that you want you know, and being able to like come back to what you're passionate about, what your purpose is and giving back and being in service. That's what we're all here for. So when I work with clients, I I help them on their journey that is beyond the 12 steps, you know, because we all have things that maybe it's relationships, maybe it's food related, maybe it's mindset that we need to work on, depending on what it is. Uh, I can work with all of that because I do also have a certification in nutrition with couples with yoga. And um, that's kind of how we work to support in whatever desire you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. What, what I kind of heard is basically that like all these, thoughts it's not about suppressing them it's it's kind of about like acknowledging them and not basically not believing all of them <laughs> like mm-hmm. like there's so many thoughts that you know it's fine it's not trying to like block them off and and whatever but it's you know, 
know, kind of the body and the mind like being a filtering system to like what is just you know self-negative talk and what is real and like what needs you know you need to take action on one thing but maybe the other is just you know let it pass and mm-hmm. it reminds me actually of um one of my favorite therapists I've, I've had many <laughs> in the years but one of my favorite ones would uh, had an uh, an analogy that was great about basically in in the wind and he was basically saying so the flag is us um and the wind is like all the thoughts and and feelings and whatever that come and when it's like heavy and like flaps and kind of fights the wind and so that's why if you look at big flags they create like little holes in them so it can kind of flow in nicely and then it's not like an aggressive flapping against the wind and it's just like a nice flow and i always love that analogy because that's that's how i see these thoughts and sometimes it gets you know very overwhelming and windy and and i just let them in and some yeah. of them I, I literally just let them in and all of them and let them go and it's yeah. and it, that way there's like s- such a positive flow as opposed to like fighting the wind and so fighting all of them and trying to like push them back that's when i'm in a shitty place for sure because what we resist persists like anything mm-hmm. that we're fighting off is going to give power to those things so it's so much the quicker we're able to acknowledge them and the quicker we're able to kind of just notice what is happening, the easier it is to surrender and let them go. But a lot of times, I mean, and this happens with practice over time, it gets easier between resisting and surrendering. But I think Mm -hmm. that with a lot of people, I know for myself is my first inclination is always to resist. And the quicker I surrender, I'm like, oh, why did I fight that for so long? Yeah. Yeah, so true. I love that, what you resist, persist. That's, uh, yeah, I've I've never heard that. It's it's great. It's it's so true. Right? (laughs) It's like we have to stop giving power to those things. Yeah, yeah. And it's true even in, like, anything you know like when you think about it like conflict you know like any little or like a a bad interaction on the street like I used to be very reactive like anything that I didn't like I like you know spin off and like you know be offensive and defensive and and now like when I'm driving for example if there's like an interaction that I really hate and someone's being an asshole or whatever if I resist it and like engage, it's going to persist. The guy's going to give me more shit. Whereas mm-hmm. if, you know, if I just let go, it, it goes away. And it's just like a minute of my life. And, and that can get along with the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I used to be very reactive as well. Like I was so, so impatient and I'd be triggered by the littlest things. Like I'd want to fight everybody. <laughs> And it doesn't mean that that doesn't happen once in a while, but I mean, I was living my life like that on a daily basis all day long, right? So um, it's not about 
perfection. It's about progress too, but being able to catch yourself and, and be easy, you know, like life is supposed to be easy and in flow. And when you're in yeah. flow, you're kind of open and you're receptive. And when you're cut off and you're resisting and you're fighting, you aren't re- able to like really experience life in what it's supposed to be in its fullest expression, which I think is love. Yeah. It's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, thank you so much. That's a beautiful thing um, to end with. I think it's true that basically life is hard as it is. There's like, there's going to be, you know, it's not an, an easy road and journey for anyone, people suffering from, addiction or not and it's just yeah life should not like we should be making it as easy as possible you know mm-hmm. because there's going to be external difficulties so i yeah i'm I'm with you with that where like all of this and all this work on our own selves and improving and as you said you know it's not perfection life is never perfect but it's all about learning and progressing and ultimately just making one's life easier just to yeah definitely we're here for. yes to enjoy the journey exactly yes. <laughs> amazing thank you so much nicole i appreciate You're you welcome. coming on and um and yeah thank you everyone thanks. for listening thanks for having me <laughs>